The reading this morning is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 25 to 35, and that can be found on the, in the Church Bibles on page 1069. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, uh, thanks, Graham, and uh, it's good to be in church. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Do you want to hear me? Probably not. It's good to be here. Hey, um, my name's Scott. I'm one of the ministers here. Uh, I'm not a volunteer, so I'm not as good value for money as Barry. I hope I'm still reasonable value for money. A couple of quick things for me before we begin. Uh, number one, our small groups, uh, which is kind of one of my areas of responsibility, have been up and running for the term, and if you're in one of them, I hope you're enjoying it and uh, you're going along to it. Uh, just to let you know that if you're not in one of those small groups, there's groups of everyone, guys groups, girls groups, mixed groups, groups that meet kind of in Manly, groups that meet around Manly. A, a new group which has started this year is an early morning group that kind of kicks off sort of 7, 7.30, finishes up by around about 8.30 on a Thursday morning. So if you can't do an evening group and you think, I could give a morning group a go, then uh, come and see me or write it on a Connect card. That would be an excellent thing to do. Love to have you as part of that group. Secondly, for a couple of weeks now, we've been asking people to share kind of stories or testimonies in, in terms of how their prayers have been answered. And I'd like to thank um, both people who've kind of let us know about answered prayers. I'm sure there's more of you who've had prayers answered. And next week, we're planning on sharing um, some of those testimonies. We don't know the exact way that we're going to do it just yet. It kind of depends on the nature of um, the stuff that's sent in. But we'd love to have kind of the people themselves share their stories. Uh, it doesn't have to be massive. It can just be small provisions. Um, but if you're very shy, you could probably leave it anonymous and we could probably find a way to still use it. But much better to hear from you rather than me. If you have any kind of uh, prayer story that you could share, write that on a connect card, pop it in the bag as it comes around. That would be good. Let me pray and we'll get underway. Heavenly Father, just settle our hearts now 
so that we may hear you speak through the words of this most wonderful Lord's Prayer. Amen. I've got a, a friend of mine called Sev, Sev, S-E-V, and he is an Italian baker. Don't you wish that you had a friend who was an Italian baker called Sev? You do, let me tell you. He's a lovely guy, totally ADD, um, just cannot sit still, always excited about a new gadget or a new toy. Uh, He doesn't do too badly out of the baking business, let me say, but man, he works hard. He's a wonderful human being, and I envy him. I envy his work. I don't envy the unsociable hours. I don't envy the difficulty in finding good employees who are not sociopaths. But he makes stuff that makes people happy every day, every single day. And I envy that. I just think bakeries are great places, don't you? I love the bakery just across the road here. And honestly, I wish that our family had bought shares in that business. We buy so much stuff from them. Let me ask you, do you think it is embarrassing that when I go over there at lunchtime, they don't ask me what I'd like, they ask me how I am today because they already know what I'll like as they head over to the meat warmer and pull out a meat and mushroom pie. Do you think it's embarrassing that my local baker knows my order? I don't care what you think, actually. At $2.70, cheapest lunch in Manly, and I could eat a meat and mushroom pie every day for lunch. Every single day. And that's sort of the thing about bread, isn't it? And pies and food. You, You need to eat every single day. I mean, you might miss the odd day here or there. But basically, food is an everyday kind of thing. And that's where the Lord's Prayer turns in its fifth line. Give us today our daily bread. And uh, all term, we've been moving very slowly, very deliberately, very steadily through the Lord's Prayer, taking our time to kind of delve deeply into what's not just a familiar prayer, but also a very brief prayer, so that we make the most out of it. So you remember, it starts with the address. Our Father in heaven. And then it moves on to three of his concerns. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And if you missed any of those weeks, it's an absolute must to listen to them on the podcast. But today, the Lord's Prayer shifts from God's concerns to our concerns. Now, we normally start with our concerns in prayer. And the Lord's Prayer teaches us rather to start with God's concerns. But our concerns are still important. And the first human concern that features is this, give us today our daily bread. So what does that mean and how does praying that change our hearts and our prayers? They're the questions for today. And so first question, what does it mean to say or to pray, give us today our daily bread? Bread, I think, is uh, kind of a metaphor for the stuff that you need to stay alive. I think that's kind of how it works. And I realise that bread is somewhat out of fashion in our gluten-free and carbophobic kind of culture. But in most cultures across the ages, the battle has actually been to get enough carbohydrates, enough calories, enough food into you to stay alive, rather than to avoid carbohydrates and calories. And uh, bread was certainly the most staple and basic food in Jesus' culture. So give us our daily bread. It's what we need in order to stay alive. And that's born out of the meaning of that word daily, which uh, Nathan Campbell, who is our youth minister, good guy, great haircut, and actually much, much smarter than me, 
He reminded me that this word for daily is a very rare word in the original language. It's not the kind of usual word for daily. And it can mean either that which is absolutely necessary or fundamental for existence, or it can mean just for the current day, for today, or perhaps for the following day if you were going to pray this prayer of an evening. But whichever way you look at it, daily bread is just catching up the idea of that daily basic stuff we need to stay alive for one day. So it's probably not just restricted to the wonder white. You know, as long as I get my memory foam bread, I'll be all right. That's it. It's talking about food more generally, and I suspect clothing and shelter too. Just give me enough to keep me alive for the next day. Enough for today. And in our culture, the question of enough is a very interesting question, isn't it? What is enough? Uh, what is enough to keep you alive for today? Do we even have like a frame of reference to answer that question, what's enough? I uh, follow a couple of blogs on minimalism, which is kind of just the idea of buying, consuming, possessing only those things we either really need or that bring us great joy so that our homes and our lives aren't cluttered up with everything else that doesn't really matter. And I'm a bit of a late convert, but on one of these blogs, I came across a family who were asking that exact question. What is enough? Do we have enough? What does enough look like? And what they realized is, of course, they had plenty of everything, <laughs> way too much of everything. And they looked at their family life across seven kind of key areas like clothes, technology, a kind of kids' activities and program, toys. And they realized that they had enough. Uh, when it came to toys, they realized that the statistic that the average 10-year-old owns 238 toys, yet plays with just 12, was absolutely true in their life, and so they kind of culled, and they did creative things to work on other elements. They had a technology fast, right? No screens for a month. Doesn't that sound like your kingdom come, I reckon? But when it came to food, they decided they'd buy no more food. I mean, they might, they might have bought milk, I think. But no more food until they used up all the food that was in the freezer and in the pantry. Now, have a guess how long they lasted before all their food ran out. Six months. Six months. I'm sure they weren't all the most nutritious, balanced meals. But we're not talking about people who were doomsday preppers, you know, that had kind of stockpiles of canned food, just an ordinary family with more than enough. And I think we see this in this street uh, any day that is a day before a public holiday because stores are packed the day before a public holiday. When there's, the store's going to be closed for like a whole 24 hours, people are completely stressed that they're not going to have enough food because Colesworth's is closed. It's just strange. But I think it does show that it's going to take us some effort for us to get to a point where we just pray for daily bread, where we ask God to supply for us just that which we need to stay alive for the next 24 hours, where we limit our concerns to what we will eat and what we will wear and what we will live to today. Because as Jesus says, tomorrow has got enough worries of its own. But that's what we're praying for when we ask God to give us this day our daily bread. Now, I want to move on in just a moment, but it's worth just um, pausing to think just a little right now. This prayer, the Lord's Prayer, it's the most well-known prayer in the world. And if you don't yet know it, your kids don't yet know it, it's time to learn it. It'd be a great thing to do. 
And we've noted about it almost every week that it places God's concerns before our concerns so that our prayers should be more God-centered than self-centered. But finally today, fifth week in, we get to our concerns. We start with bread. Does that strike you as odd? Hallowed be your holy name. Your glorious kingdom come. Your incredibly wise will be done. And I need to make toast. It's the next line. I want your name and nature to be revered in the entire universe, Lord. I want Jesus to usher in your perfect kingdom for eternity. And in brackets, please let me be involved in dragging others into that kingdom before he returns. I want to obey your revealed will contained in your word as happily as the angels do in heaven. And I want to trust your sovereignty over all things, even when I don't understand what you are doing. In other words, I want your will to be done. But I've got to make the kids some sandwiches as well. I mean, I think when we pray, give us today our daily bread, it's a little bit weird, isn't it? After those first three extraordinary, large, grand concerns. But it does tell us that God is interested in the details of our lives and that he's involved in the physical world, the rough and tumble of daily life, ground level on this planet. He cares about the stuff we could touch. There's not this kind of odd uh, physical, spiritual dichotomy in his mind where he's only interested in the spiritual matters whilst we're mainly concerned about the physical stuff. He cares about it all. He wants us to care about it all. And sandwiches count. It's funny, isn't it? Because you think that the first human concern on the agenda would have to be this kind of grand spiritual thing. But it's give us today our daily bread. It all counts. Now, um, I said earlier that um, I think bread is likely to not just refer to the Wonder White stuff my Italian baker friend makes, but to include food and clothing and shelter that will keep us alive until the next day. That bread is really a, a metaphor that catches up all our physical necessities. I think the scriptures allow us to deduce that it's, it's also a metaphor that catches up our spiritual necessities as well. You remember what Jesus says? quoting Moses in Deuteronomy when he's spiritually weak at the devil's tempting, he said these words, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So the bread we're going to need is not just, you know, the toast stuff. It's going to include the nourishment and the sustenance of the word of God that feeds our souls, especially in times of temptation and trial and weakness. Further, it's going to include a daily encounter or experience with Jesus himself. Now, Graham read from us, for us from John chapter 6, immediately after Jesus had fed 5,000 people. And really, as he feeds the 5,000 people, he's answering this line of the Lord's Prayer by himself for thousands of hungry people who'd come to listen to him. And as he provided physical bread for them all to eat, he referred to himself as the bread of life, the one who brings life beyond physical life, the one in whom to trust if you want to live beyond the end of this physical life. And so when we pray to God to provide this day our daily bread, we are asking him for our most basic physical and spiritual provision. And I think that means that even in those uh, most extreme circumstances, which I don't think Jesus had in mind when he was teaching the disciples to pray this prayer. 
But those extreme circumstances in which a believer might even starve, God is still providing the spiritual nourishment to get them to eternal life. Now, in one sense, praying for daily bread is the smallest thing, isn't it? You could pray, and we're tempted to think, not even to bother God with it. We're praying for the most basic thing to live, and yet that actually makes it a giant request, doesn't it? Because without our most basic physical and spiritual needs being met, we get in big trouble very quickly. Give us this day, give us today our daily bread. Well, that's the first part of the question. What does it mean to pray, give us today our daily bread? The second part is, what difference is it going to make if we pray, if we say that line of the Lord's Prayer? And I think the first thing it must do is to change our hearts so that we depend on God rather than depend on ourselves. And this might be a particularly difficult lesson for us modern types of people because we typically think, well, God doesn't really supply my needs. I supply my needs. Pretty much that's how it works. Scarcely crosses our minds that perhaps God supplies our needs normally through us working and providing for ourselves. Crosses our minds even less that that could change in a second, in the blink of an eye. Or scarcely crosses our minds that if you happen to be in a position where you've got more than enough, that that really is a gift from God that you have a lot less to do with than you think. I mean, you and I work hard, but we didn't create a body that gave us the energy to do that work, did we? We can't claim credit for that. And, and you and I might have studied hard at school or at college or at university, but it's not like we orchestrated being born into a country that had a good educational system or into a family that valued education or whatever it was. And so before we get carried away thinking that we don't really depend on God and actually it's really about our own personal doing, we just might remember that the incredible good fortune and the extraordinary environment that we found ourselves in for which we cannot really claim credit. The fact that we might have more than enough for today does not mean we don't depend on God to supply our basic needs. We've been relying on him since the day we were born, haven't we? We just forget it most of the time. So to pray, give us today our daily bread, means that we grow in our dependence on God and we reject pride in ourselves and in our own abilities and in our self-sufficiency. In fact, we also reject anxious worry about what we will eat and what we will wear. Now, that's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. He said, do not worry about what you will eat or what you will wear. Your heavenly Father knows you need them. He says, don't even worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So give us today our daily bread. Whether we are proud, independent types or anxious worriers, this prayer pushes us to remember our dependency on God and it leads to trust in him rather than trusting in ourselves every day. And boy, the poor old Israelites learnt this in such a graphic way, didn't they, in the Old Testament? And I think their experience really provides the background to the idea, the whole concept of daily bread. So you remember on their journey out of Egypt towards the promised land, they, they needed food and so they complained. 
and God provided them food each morning. You remember the dew would settle on the ground and then flaky sweet bread would appear for them each morning. And the basic instruction was just take enough for today. There's no need to stockpile it because God's going to provide some for you each day. But they were just like us, you see, and some of them just couldn't help themselves. And so they stockpiled some for the future. But the very next morning, it was full of maggots and it started to reek. And so they learnt in a graphic way to trust God each day for their daily bread. And obviously we live in a different society. We're not travelling nomads. We don't even live in an agrarian or agricultural society. And so there's wisdom in saving money for beyond today. But let me say, our investments and our savings and our paychecks cannot be just that. Stockpiles that take God out of the picture so that we don't need to trust him. Because whatever kind of society that we live in, we depend on God for our basic necessities, don't we? Just try breathing. Try not breathing for two minutes. We remember very quickly, rely on God. You know, I think that's uh, why it's a really good way that we start our year with a week of prayer and fasting, even though I hate giving up food, because it reminds us that we depend on God. I think it's why it is worth saying grace Uh, around the dinner table, even if you're eating on your own, because that reminds us that our food doesn't come from Aldi, ultimately. It comes from God. And so we pray this line, it changes our heart from pride to dependence, and it leads to trust rather than worry. So that's the first thing it does, the first difference it makes. Secondly, this line changes the desires of our hearts towards simplicity that leads to contentment, simplicity that leads to contentment. So the the daily part points towards dependence on God for basic daily and spiritual needs, which we present to him in prayer, and it leads to a peaceful trust in his provision. But the bread part reminds us not to get too obsessed about, you know, the finer things in life. Now, that's going to be difficult for us, especially when the simple things will do especially when the drive for the finer things in life causes a lot of the stress and anxiety and complexity in our lives. Now, I want you to think about this. Jesus used lots of metaphors and imagery in his parables. And those metaphors and images, they give us an insight into things that were familiar in his day. And so he speaks of fishing and farming and trees and sheep and pearls and parties, and weddings, and banquets, and feasts. So it's not like choice food and fine wine were unknown things to him, and yet he doesn't tell us to pray for choice food or fine wine. He tells us to pray for bread, the simplest of all foods. I mean, I would say if you've ever been to a French patisserie, (laughs) still pretty good, but it's pretty basic stuff, isn't it? And praying this prayer pushes our hearts away from obsession over having the best of everything. Best house, best career, best retirement, best car, best holidays, best opportunities for our kids, best food, whatever it is. And towards contentment with the much that God has already given us. I don't know about you, but I think there is hardly a more attractive person in the world than a content person the one who is content with what she has. Well, daily bread means we trust God for his provision and it means we are content 
with the simple things that he gives us. Now lastly, and uh, this is connected, praying for daily bread ought to lead us to be thankful to God and that ought to lead us to be generous towards others. You see, if you trust that God will provide what you need for the day and if you're content with the simple things that he provides rather than obsessing over the best X, Y, Z that we don't yet have, then I think we become more conscious of the generosity that God extends to us on a daily basis. I think we do. And I think that should almost automatically develop gratitude and thankfulness in our own spirits. In fact, there's something wrong if that doesn't happen. And when you trust him to provide and you're content with what he gives you and you're thankful for his provision, it ought to make us more relaxed about passing on some of the leftovers, some of the excess to others who need it. Don't you think? Now, I'm not saying um, you've got to give money to every single one of those annoying, pesky people that hassle you out on the street or on the corso all the time. You know the ones I mean? They're always so happy and friendly all the time. It makes you feel a bit guilty when you tell them to go away. <laughs> you know, you, you walk past them and they're like, how are you feeling today, sir? And I'm like, homicidal. <laughs> and they're like, that's nice. <laughs> Would you care to consider donating to the Save the Walrus Fund? And I'm like, seriously, I think the walruses have got a much better chance than you of survival if I'm having this conversation in 10 seconds' time. So I'm not talking about, you know, you've got to give to every single one of them. But let me say, if you never give anything away or you really battle to give anything out of your leftovers, what is that saying about your heart, really? I wonder if it's saying that you don't really trust God to provide for you, even though he's done that every other day. Or that you're not content with what you have. Or that you don't have any leftovers because you've got to spend it all on better stuff you don't yet have. Or, or maybe it says you're not conscious of God's generosity in the first place or grateful for it. And I wonder somehow and sometimes whether we miss the point that God's blessing upon us is really an opportunity for us to bless others. What a shame if that's what's really going on in our hearts. Because you never regret being generous. You never do. Well, as we finish up, I, uh, I do envy bakers because they do make people happy every day. Every single day. They make that daily necessity every single day. But what I was forgetting, of course, is that it's really God who does that, isn't it? He supplies our needs. He supplies our basic physical necessities, our basic spiritual nourishment every single day. And I guess you'd have to expect that from the God who provided manna for his Old Testament people in the wilderness, from the God who provides his word that feeds our souls every day, from the God who sent his own son, the bread of life, to sustain us throughout our days on earth, and then to bring us forth into eternity. You'd have to expect that. Give us today our daily bread. It's the first human concern in the Lord's Prayer. It's still a bit weird though, isn't it? But greatly encouraging. God is in the details of our human physical existence and greatly challenging too, as it challenges us to depend on God rather than ourselves or to worry unduly challenging us to be content with simplicity rather than hunger and yearn over the very best of everything, challenging us to be both thankful for and generous with whatever God provides us. 
Give us today our daily bread. It's a great little line. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. And now give us today our daily bread. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we do want to thank you for the Lord's Prayer. What a, a, an extraordinary prayer, though brief it is. And we pray that praying this line, give us today our daily bread, will lead us towards dependence in you uh, rather than pride in our own self-sufficiency or worry. Uh, we pray we would be contented with the simple things that you give us rather than always hungering for more and more. And we pray that it would cause us to well up in thankfulness and gratitude, but also generosity to others. And we pray this for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ, our bread of life. Amen. Amen.